Hey y'all, welcome to All Truth No Cap, a podcast for teenagers. I'm Ben Morsey, and I'm thrilled to be a guide on your journey of faith. Whether you're a teenager navigating the twists and turns of life, a parent looking for ways to connect with your teen spiritually, or just a curious bystander wondering about the intersection of life and faith, you're in the right place. Each week, we'll dive into a topic and we'll focus on what the Bible has to say, all truth. Our goal, to explore the adventure of living out our faith in a world that is constantly changing. So grab your AirPods, your earbuds, or turn that volume up, because this is all truth, no cap. Well, here we are on December 1st, 2023, and uh, the year's almost over, and I can't believe how quickly it's gone by. It seems like we were just celebrating Christmas and New Year's from last year. And uh, here we are with one month to go. And as I do usually around this time, obviously we've got a couple podcasts left before the new year. But uh, just checking in to see uh, where your relationship with God is. Um, is it going to be uh, stronger come January 1st, 2024 than it was January 1st, 2023? And uh, then we make our New Year's resolutions and try to make them last as long as possible. But uh, if I can challenge you to have one solid uh, New Year's resolution it's that relationship with God, more important than any other aspect, uh, strengthening that uh, in the coming year. Going to look at an interesting thought today, and uh, John chapter 21 is where we're going to be. And uh, an interesting thing has come up in the last couple messages, the one I preached on Wednesday night in the in the uh, main service, but then also uh, in the last couple of teen services, this kind of thought has come up. But John chapter 21, I'm going to read verses 20 through 24. Normally don't read that much, and uh, we'll read verses here and there, but uh, to start off, I just want to go there. The Bible says, Then Peter, turning about, seeth a disciple whom Jesus loved, following, which also leaned on his breast at supper, and said, Lord, which is he that betrayeth thee? Peter, seeing him, saith to Jesus, Lord, and what shall this man do? Jesus saith unto him, If I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? Follow thou me. Then went this saying abroad among the brethren, that this disciple should not die. Yet Jesus said not unto him, He shall not die, but if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? This is the disciple which testifieth of these things, and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. Just understanding uh, for a second here who we're talking about, obviously this is Peter, and uh, Peter's, they're walking, and uh, Peter's talking to Jesus, and the Bible says that he turned around and he saw the disciple whom Jesus loved. Now we understand that to be John, the one who wrote the book of John, and uh, he turns around and sees him, and Peter's question to Jesus is, what shall this man do? And then John continues on, he, exp- he calls himself once again the disciple whom Jesus loved, and then uh, the Bible says that... Um, this is the, the one who wrote this story. It's the one who testified of these things. So we understand this is John. But the Bible says that Peter asks the question, what shall this man do? Peter was concerned about uh, what was going to happen to John. Obviously, they had seen what had happened to Jesus. They saw him uh, die on the cross, and they saw him buried, saw him ra- ra- raised again. Um, obviously, at this point, uh, they hadn't necessarily seen any of the uh, other disciples hadn't passed away yet. Um, Judas had killed himself, but that's kind of a different a different story story altogether. Um, but here soon in the book of Acts, we'll see uh, Stephen, and now he's a deacon, but Stephen killed. We'll see uh, James beheaded. Uh, we'll see eventually Paul uh, will be beheaded. And then we see uh, through Fox's book of martyrs, uh, the the rough deaths or the the difficult deaths that each of the disciples died uh, died through. 
But Peter's question to Jesus, and it's kind of an odd thing as to, to why he asks about John. You know, he didn't ask about Simon, didn't ask about uh, himself, didn't ask about uh, any of the other disciples. He asked about John specifically. And the Bible says, he says, what shall this man do? What's going to happen to him? But look at Jesus' response there in verse 22. It says, if I will that he tarry till I come, what is that to thee? In other words, what God was saying or what Jesus was saying to them is, it's not really of any of your business what I do with what belongs to me. You know, a lot of times in our own lives, we get concerned about other people and uh, what what's, what their uh, results are. You know, you think even, unfortunately, sometimes when kids uh, get in trouble, you know, so-and-so, why did you do this? Well, they were, well, they, nobody asked about them. And here in this case, if I if I can say it kindly, uh, Jesus makes the statement to Peter, uh, Peter, mind your own business. It's none of your business. You see, in in our religious, I don't really like that term, in our, in our spiritual circles, we would say that uh, this is a reflection of God's sovereign will. You see, we each and every one of us, we belong to God. Uh, the Bible says we've been bought with a price. We are not our own multiple times, and He created us. He designed us. We belong to Him. And so what His sovereign will is the idea that whatever He wants to do with what belongs to Him, He's able to do because He is sovereign. And in this case here, Peter asks specifically, well, Jesus, this guy back here, the, this, the one who, who leaned on your, your breast at, at the Last Supper, and He, he asked uh, who was going to betray you, what's going to happen to Him? And Jesus said, what is that to thee? But then he makes a statement. He says, follow thou me. Once again, it's so easy for us to become focused on on others, to become focused on uh, what other people are doing, what other people are saying. And and in our minds, uh, we, we have perfectly logical explanations or reasons why we do that. But what we have to understand is that that's not our business, number one. And number two, it shouldn't affect what we do or what we say. We look at it and think, well, uh, but uh, this should be this way or this should be that way. And whether or not that's right is irrelevant because what God does with his own is his business. The sooner we realize that that fact and we begin to focus on Christ and we begin to focus on what uh, what, what what our relationship with him is, it makes our life our lives a lot smoother, a lot our lives a lot more peaceful. But because we become become so focused, well, this person this or this person that or they should this or they should that, all of that is irrele- irrelevant. We've got to focus on us and focus on our relationship with him. Because you understand when we get to heaven, we don't answer for the person down the street. We don't answer for our our our, our this person or that person, this relative, this family member, this friend. We don't answer for them we answer for us. We answer for our relationship with him. Now, I'm not talking about salvation now. I'm talking about what we've done with what God gave to us. And so Peter asks, you know, uh, God or Jesus, what's going to happen to this guy? And Jesus said, what is that to thee? What does it matter? But then, like I said, then he says, follow thou me. If you look at that uh, from a grammatical standpoint, that follow thou me as a separate sentence, thou would be the subject. Thou or you, you follow me. Don't worry about John. Don't worry about Thaddeus. Don't worry about Bartholomew. Don't worry about Philip. You worry about you and you follow me. And it's an interesting thing in a different passage. He kind of gives a formula as to, to how to do so. The Bible says that if any man will follow Christ, 
really two things, but we say three things have to happen. Number one, he's got to deny himself. Deny self. Paul says, I die daily. He died to self. You see, ourselves are the the biggest uh, enemy, the biggest uh, battler against us accomplishing what God has for us is ourselves. Our own thoughts, our own actions, our own words, the influences that we allow. It's us. We sing the song, it's me, it's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the need of prayer. It boils down to us. And that's Jesus says, look, what is that to you? You follow me. Don't worry about John. Don't worry about this disciple. Don't worry about this follower. Don't worry about this person or that person. You follow me. How do you do that? Well, number one, deny yourself. Learn to deny self. And by self, I, I don't mean like you, you don't allow yourself this or that, although it's it's a good practice in uh, uh, self-control to deny yourself sometimes. Obviously, you think of fasting and things like that. But ultimately, you have to learn to deny your sinful flesh. The things that you, I would rather have this than that. That's why Paul said, I die daily. Some things that Paul died to, some things that we die to, they're not in and of themselves wicked. But if it's hindering in one way or another, we've now allowed it to to usurp that power, to usurp that place that Christ holds. And what what Paul said is, I die daily. Jesus was telling Peter here, look, you follow me. And earlier he told him, look, to follow me, you have to first deny yourself. Let others go first. Pride. Pride is a, we talked about this uh, actually Wednesday night in the uh, main service, but pride is the the general thought that uh, I am better than someone else. And in turn, it affects every area of our lives. It'll affect our decision-making. It affects the things we say. It affects what we do, how we do it, how we treat others. There's so many things that pride will affect. But in order to be a true follower of Christ, I have to learn to deny self, put others first, put Christ first, and then put others before me. Allow them. And I mean, something as simple as uh, you're going into a restaurant and uh, you might be hungry and you haven't eaten since lunch. Goodness gracious. But ultimately, if you're standing at the door and there's a person coming in, open the door for them. Well, I mean, we're both going to the same restaurant, right? But put somebody else before you. Put somebody else's needs ahead of yours. But far too often, like I said, we allow pride to creep in. We allow pride to be our decision maker. And as a result, we don't deny self. In fact, we promote self. We're, we're a self-promoting society. I mean, why do why do people put foolish things on uh, Instagram or Snapchat or whatever, whatever, whatever social media you're part of? Why do people do that? To create followers. What, what do followers do? Followers give them a false sense of self-image a false sense of uh, them uh, being somebody. Why? Because they're the most important. And like I said, I'm not, uh, you know, we, we can sit here and debate. I'm not saying social media is right. I'm not saying social media is wrong. But what I'm saying is for me to be a true follower of Christ, I have to learn to deny myself, not promote self, not lift myself up. John said in John 3.30, he must increase, I must decrease. If there's going to be more of Christ in me, then there has to be less of me in me. I used that example last night again, or sorry, Wednesday night, with the idea of it being a proportion. And as as my promoting Christ goes up, the, the promotion of me has to go down. If I'm 80% full of myself, there's only 20% room for God to fill and use. So if I want to be used by God, I've got to learn to empty self. I've got to learn to deny self. I've got to learn to put him and others before me. 
because I want to follow Christ. And so he says, or he tells Peter, follow thou me, deny yourself first of all. But then the second part of that, he says, if any man shall follow me, let him first deny himself. And then the next one is pick up his cross. Now, I don't know that anyone listening to this podcast knows of anyone who has actually been crucified. Cross here, I believe, is a figurative statement, meaning your lot in life or what God has given to you in life. And so what he's saying there, first of all, he says, for you to follow me, you have to deny yourself. Empty yourself of you and then pick up the cross that I have for you. Now, everybody's cross is different. Everybody's cross is is built differently. It may be uh, bigger. It may be smaller than someone else's. But here's the thing, back to the example with John and Peter, somebody else's cross doesn't matter to me because I'm told to pick up my cross. I'm not told to pick up pastor's cross. I'm not told to pick up another person's cross or my mom and dad's cross. I'm told to pick up my cross. So once I've denied myself and I've made Christ number one and I deny, regardless of, once again, how you want to view denying self, once I choose to say, you know what, I deny myself, where's my cross? And Christ shows me my cross, then I pick up that cross and then I begin to carry that cross regardless of where it leads, regardless of how difficult it may be. You know, when Jesus was carrying his cross down the Via Dolorosa on the way to Calvary, the Bible says that he stumbled. And he fell. That's when they asked Simon the Cyrenian uh, to come out, uh, or Simon of Cyrene, uh, to come out and, and help Jesus carry that uh, cross beam up to the cross. Uh, it was punishment. That was a regular thing that they had to do. And obviously, we could, uh, we're could not going to sit here necessarily and debate the, uh, the ins and outs of Christ's crucifixion, but it was beyond uh, what any other human being had ever suffered uh, in the history of crucifixion. Uh, it was meant as a form of torture. It wasn't meant uh, initially to kill. Obviously, that's why they would break the legs. But ultimately, the beating and the scourging and the crown of thorns and all that was not a regular thing. That was designed especially by Satan to try to... Uh, embarrassed, to try to humiliate, to try to destroy everything that Christ uh, was and uh, destroy even those that were coming behind him. And we can see Peter's fear when he denies Christ, but uh, off track a little bit there, but understanding that that, that cross, he, he stumbled and fell into that cross. And my cross is different than your cross. There are times that the cross seems heavier uh, than, than at other times. I heard the story a, while, a long time ago, Obviously, it's a, it's a made-up story. I don't know how, how much truth there could be in it. But a man died and went to heaven. And, uh, and the man, while on earth, had a difficult life. Uh, you know, things did not go the way he had originally intended. And maybe some health problems and financial problems, marital problems, and things like that. And uh, he was uh, angry. He was upset at God. He was a saved man. But he was upset at God. Didn't like the way things had turned out. And uh, walked into heaven almost reluctantly. And as he walked into heaven, uh, St. Peter met him there. And uh, he walked with uh, Peter. And Peter began to show him around and showed him where the uh, the mansions were and showed him different uh, people's mansions and things like that. And as they were turning a corner, the man saw a large warehouse off in the distance. And uh, he said, well, Peter, what's that over there? He said, well, you don't want to go over there. Uh, but he said, that's where we store. Uh, that's where we store people's crosses. When Jesus says to, to pick up your cross and follow him, when they finish their, their race here on earth, we take that cross and we put that cross uh, in that warehouse and that's where it's stored for all eternity. But he said, you don't really, he said, let's just continue our tour. And he said, no, no, I want to go over there. Peter, you know, you know, you saw, I had a hard life. There were a lot of difficult things. And uh, I, there were many times where I feel that God deserted me, uh, but I still carried that cross. I want to go see. 
And so Peter reluctantly took him over there. And as they stepped to the, the doorway of the warehouse, Peter told him one more time, he said, are you sure you want to do this? He said, it's really not worth going in. You know, this is, you know, my, just go enjoy eternity. Go spend some time praising praising God. And No, I want to see it. And so they walked in and uh, instantly uh, he began to see some massive crosses. And as he walked over, he could see uh, nameplates on each cross. And he sees Paul's cross and uh, Paul's got a massive cross. And you think of all the things that Paul went through with the, uh, with the beatings. And the Bible talks about the shipwreck and uh, being stoned, all the things that Paul went through through and he saw that massive cross he said well I'm not I'm not to that level but uh, mine's pretty big and he continues going on down the line and he sees the cross of maybe uh, Peter and sees the cross of of John and sees maybe even crosses from people uh, during uh, the middle ages that were persecuted by the Catholic Church and things like that and he he says I I don't see mine yet mine's got to be close to this size he said do you know where mine is exactly and Peter reluctantly looked at him and said well I I do if you, if you want to go see it. And he said, yes, sir, I do. So Peter took him around a few corners in, in the building and uh, in the back, there was a door and he opened that door and the man walked in and there in the back of that little room there on the shelf was a small cross, maybe three or four inches high. And he walked over and looked at it and saw his name engraved on it. And he said, oh, this can't be right. And Peter said, well, when you're meant to pick up your cross, your cross was designed by God for you. It wasn't designed to hurt you, but your viewpoint of it was that God was out to get you and he was making your life difficult and making your life miserable. And as a result, you made the cross seem a lot bigger than it actually was. And obviously the man, you can imagine the the conviction and uh, once again, still stayed in heaven. Once again, completely made up story, but kind of just helps us see that, you know, every man's cross is different. I'm not called to carry Paul's cross. I'm not meant to, to deal with the suffering that Paul had to deal with. But then again, you're not meant to carry my cross and I'm not meant to carry yours either. And that's why Jesus told, or uh, Peter's first question was, you know what, God, what's going to happen to this guy? What's going to happen to John? And Jesus said, what is that to you? Mind your own business. And he says, you know what? Don't worry about that. How about you just follow me? And in order to follow me, here's what you need to do. First of all, deny yourself. Don't worry. Take your own pride out of it. Take your, take your own selfish pride out of it. Take up your cross now. Now, Peter didn't know what that cross entailed, just like you and I don't know what that cross entails. Peter would end up, we know from Fox's Book of Martyrs, Peter would eventually be crucified upside down. And others suffered uh, some very, very harsh um harsh deaths uh, in martyrdom from uh, different people throughout the world as a result of standing for Christ. But those were their crosses. I don't know what your cross is. You know, I don't expect us to suffer that, but you may you may suffer persecution. You may suffer difficulty. People may mock, people may ridicule, but that doesn't change the fact that you should still stand and do what's right. Why? Because that's the cross you've been given. And so Jesus tells Peter, look, you got to deny yourself and pick up your cross. Once you do both of those things, now follow me. Now grab that cross. There's going to be a bunch of other people in that line, all carrying crosses, and follow me. Once again, like I said, it's a kind of an interesting thought, especially after we just got through with Thanksgiving, get ready to head to Christmas. But I can't help but think as we go through our lives, we get so focused sometimes uh, on the people that are uh, beside us and around us. And uh, well, their life's not like mine, or their cross isn't like this, or you know what, what's going to happen? They shouldn't. Why are we so worried about everybody else? Let's focus on us, focus on our business and allow God to be God. Allow God to do what only he can do and trust him. 
trust him to or trust his love for you but trust that he will take care of you trust that he knows exactly what's going on and allow him to be god well i hope it's been a help to you i tell you every time if you have a question you have a thought do not be afraid to shoot it my way and uh, whether by email ben.morsey at lbactheodore.com or uh, whether by text message obviously if you have my number uh, or even just shoot me uh, through uh, whatever um, platform you listen to this on a lot of times you can send a message through that and uh, like I said I want to be able to try to talk through maybe some struggles and some difficulties and temptations that you may be struggling with as a teenager and I'll try to help you in any way I can but got two or three weeks till Christmas and I hope you have a great uh, next couple uh, next few days obviously we're trying to put these up uh, weekly Uh, but until next week you have a fantastic week